So aspartame is a low-calorie artificial sweetener, but it's about 200 times sweeter than sugar. But it's used in drinks like Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi, desserts, uh, tabletop sweeteners. It's even in chewing gum. It's even in cough drops. And there has been some confusion and some controversy about how safe it really is. Well, last night, the World Health Organization released a report about the safety of aspartame. Joining us today on the WPTF Morning Show, Dr. Danielle Wyckoff. She is the chair of the Science Advisory Council for the EBTC. She's based out of Asheville, North Carolina. Dr. Wyckoff, thanks for being with us. Sure. Good morning. Thank you. Let's start with this. Why has there been so much confusion about aspartame and its safety in the first place? Sure. Well, I think the, the, the thing to start off with is the bottom line is that there's been no change, that the safety of aspartame as a food ingredient was reaffirmed. But the confusion perhaps comes from the, that there were two groups within the WHO called JECFA and IARC that conducted assessments. JECFA, the food safety arm, they concluded that aspartame was safe and reaffirmed the acceptable daily intake. This means that really globally, regulatory agencies charged with evaluating food safety continue to be consistent in supporting the safety of aspartame. The other group, IARC, this is a research group. They don't make public health recommendations, but do conduct a research-focused assessment. They evaluated the same evidence and categorized, I, categorized aspartame as a possible carcinogen. So that possible is a term or category that this group used. This might sound contradictory, the WHO describes these as complementary, and the FDA response to all of this really helps to explain uh, this by saying that the IR category or term possibly doesn't, does not mean there's a link to cancer. So even IR describes evidence as limited, uh, noting things like chance bias and confounding can't be ruled out. So essentially, uh, the bottom line, again, is that these agencies uh, looking at food safety have reaffirmed uh, aspartame safety as a food ingredient. So how big of a deal is it that this report last night came from the from those that say, eh, you know, it, it's okay? I mean, who should we be relying on more? Who should we be trusting more in this situation? Right. I understand it's, it's confusing. And I think you can, the consumer should rely on the JECFA arm because that's the arm that's really focused on evaluating food safety. So they're like the equivalent of, for example, our own Food and Drug Administration or the European Food Safety Authority. These are the agencies that have consistently evaluated aspartame over the last 40 years. So in terms of what's most informative to the consumer, it's the interpretation of the data in context of the safety of this ingredient for consumption. So the report last night also you know, you said uh, something about you know, as long as you have a, a recommended amount, a safe amount, what exactly is that? I mean, I so for example, you know, I'll, I'll get a little personal. I, I used to drink uh, like a can of Pepsi or a Mountain Dew uh, every day. A few years ago, I was like, I need, I need to get healthier. So I've been drinking more water. I still got to get that caffeine. So I've been doing the, the zero sugar stuff, which I know has aspartame in it. So if I'm doing that, uh, you know, a few times a week. I am I okay or should I be worried about what might be happening down the road? Right. 
Well, what you've described is certainly well within what these regulators call the acceptable daily intake, or ADI. So this value uh, is a, a 40 milligrams per kilogram body weight per day. The FDA also has a value. It's slightly higher. And what this means is this is the amount that these regulatory agencies say is safe to consume every single day over an entire lifetime. And so the, the amount of aspartame in various products uh, could vary, uh, so you have to think about that. But estimates for, for example, 12-ounce beverages indicate uh, that upwards of, uh, well upwards of 10, let's say, 12-ounce you know, cans or, or similar, uh, depending on your body weight, could be even much higher, uh, 20, 30, or above. So if I'm really? so if I'm drinking a twelve pack a day, then I might be a little concerned. Well, I think what what that tells you is you're you're maybe nearing the ADI again. Uh, it's hard. All of these products contain different levels, but the the bottom line is we know also from scientific research that most people, even high consumers, are consuming well below the ADI. Okay. All right, so we should be okay then. That's the big takeaway. Uh, Dr. Daniel Wyckoff joining us here on the WPTF Morning Show. Uh, Dr. Wyckoff, any other takeaways from this report that was uh, released last night that we should be focusing on? Well, I think probably the other important aspect to just keep in mind is that these two groups within the WHO uh, conduct very different types of assessments. And so, you know, while we, while we hear from the IARC and hear their classification category for carcinogenicity, we have to keep in mind that there's a much, much larger body of evidence demonstrating safety, uh, including the overwhelming majority of studies that actually report a lack of association with cancer. These studies aren't reflected in the IARC opinion, but they are reflected in the JECPA assessment. So I think that consumers can really look to the regulatory agencies uh, worldwide that have evaluated aspartame and continue to reaffirm uh, that it can be a safe choice. Is there any like sudden takeaways for aspartame that we know of? I mean, I know the, the focus of this study was, is there a link between aspartame and, and cancer? But are there, uh, I mean, if you're consuming aspartame, whether it's a, you know, a, a can of Diet Coke or whatever, uh, are there things that might be happening to you right away, like more headaches or, or something like that? Do we know anything about that? Yeah, we sure do. And actually, I'm, gl- I'm glad you asked because another important distinction between these two arms that evaluated aspartame is that JECFA looks at all potential adverse effects. So that can be short-term effects, long-term effects, cancer, non-cancer. So their, their scope is much, much broader than what the IARC does. And when they looked at this data, uh, their conclusion was specifically that they found no uh, convincing evidence of any adverse effect after consumption. Mm. It's also important to keep in mind that aspartame, once we consume it, we metabolize it or break it down very, very quickly. And it primarily gets broken down into uh, components that are already in our body. So that's an important thing to also consider that once you consume aspartame, we really metabolize it very quickly. Dr. Wyckoff, uh, she is with uh, Talk Strategies out of Asheville, North Carolina, the chair of the Science Advisory Council for the EBTC. Thank you so much for uh, you know, putting this into a, a simpler term for us to understand when it comes to aspartame and, and this report that came out last night. Thank you so much for being with us here on WPTF. Sure thing. Thank you.